Record Collections and Recollections. Out of the Box, with Mia Hull on FBI Radio. Mia Hull with you on FBI Radio 94.5. This is Out of the Box, the place where every Thursday I'm joined by one person to pour over their record collection and some of the stories that come with it. This interview is being recorded remotely, but my guest and I are both broadcasting on unceded land belonging to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I want to take this moment to pay my respects to Gadigal elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any First Nations person listening right now. Gadigal people have been sharing stories and songs on this land since the beginning of time. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today I'm joined by choreographer and dancer Martin Delamo. Martin is known for his full-length solos, fusing idiosyncratic movements and intimate storytelling. In recent years, he's also made a name for himself as a creator of group works and solos for others. His project Mirage kicks off at Campbelltown Arts Centre tomorrow. But before we get to that, I want to talk about all of the moments that led up to it. Thank you so much for joining me today on Out of the Box, Martin. What a pleasure. Yeah, really nice to be here. (laughs) A keen listener might notice a little bit of an accent there, Martin. I want to talk about where that accent comes from. Where did you grow up? I was born in in, uh, Germany and where where I grew up. and then much later I came I came to Australia so yes <laughs> let's go back to your life in yeah, Germany what was it like you were growing up in a little town weren't you yeah uh, Bonn um, which is a, a quite a small town a quite a sleepy town mainly known as a, like a university town um, I think Karl Marx at some stage went to university there um, Beethoven was born there, um, but it was also, of course, like uh, the the capital of West Germany for uh, a long time. So during the time that I, I grew up, it, it was, and then later, after the reunification, Germany became Berlin. Um, but yes, yeah, um, it, a little bit. Um, even though it's a it's a really old town, so like you know, two thousand years old, but it's a little bit reminiscent, or was reminiscent of of Canberra. You know, so like a, a, a small town <laughs> that. <laughs> has lots of government agency and diplomats uh, and so uh, it's like an inflated importance um uh, through 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 <laughs> the fact that it is the capital <laughs> and martin you've made a life for yourself as a dancer what are your earliest memories of being interested in dancing yeah that's so i i sometimes um ask myself that i i think it was um watching uh Hollywood musicals on 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 TV, um, you know, uh, Fred Astaire, and Ginger Rogers, and and all kinds of other musicals, and just being so fascinated with, with dance as an as an art form, and then the, the um, everything that's related to to dance, like gymnastics as well, and. Um, uh, Figure skating, huge influence on me. <laughs> <today>. um, <laughs> things like that. So like a, a lot of what what I got to see on on, on TV, and then you know friends uh, often um, uh, g- girls doing ballet or something, and going, oh, there is actually a pathway to to what what I what I see uh, on 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 TV. So that's that's been that that kind of inspiration. Did your parents encourage that very much? Did they put you in lessons or anything when you were little? Um, not particularly. So like they, um, um, or, or not, not, not at, at first at least. So, so like, you know, going, oh, is this a phase that, that the kid is going through? Um, but 
ultimately, I would say they they were always um, encouraging to to a certain certain extent. You know, not not something that they could definitely relate to, but also you know, in in the sense of like um, do whatever you're you're happy with, and um, mm. so so they were yeah definitely in, encouraging of that sort <laughs> in the, in in the sense of not putting any obstacles in in the, in yeah. the way you know going. That's a really interesting point. It's like you, you're not trying to meet any expectation that someone set for you. You've kind of just forged your own path in a way. Yeah, and and in some ways, you know, so as, as I said, so like at, at the beginning when you're coming to terms with that, maybe that's a little bit frustrating. But then going, oh no, I can actually like what I do in as uh, work is is separate for who I am, mm. um, for for my family and who they want. I love that. That's so interesting, Martin. (laughs) Um, And you did just mention Berlin. In a couple of minutes' time, I want to talk about your move to Berlin. It takes up a pretty big chapter of your life. But first, a song. What's the first one you'd like to play today? Well, it's a song by ABBA. And um, it's a fairly um, obscure song that not everyone is uh, familiar with. Um, uh, uh, The Day Before You Came. It's one of the last songs that they released before their recent comeback 40 years ago uh, 40 years Mm -hmm. later um and because uh i I grew up in germany english was my my second language so i didn't learn start learning english till i was 10 and um listening to uh english pop songs and trying to figure out what the lyrics um meant was as much part of the um language learning process as as um, learning it at, at school, and um, because um, ABBA was my, my favorite group, I uh, had a, like a songbook where all their lyrics were um, uh, that, that contained all their lyrics and German translations. And I remember just spending hours and hours with that book and listening to the songs and figuring out what meant what and, and learning uh, learning words. Um, so this is like I think. Um, you know, on top of loving the, the, the music, my, my relationship to ABBA, that they, I also owe a lot um, to them just in terms of acquiring more more English um, skills. <laughs> and this particular song, you know, because um, of, of course I love the, all the hits, the, the, the well-known hits, but I also am a fan of the, the songs that are a little bit uh, lesser known, you know, either because they, and they haven't released, been released as singles or or I just um, yeah didn't get as as much airtime. And this one, the the day before uh, the day before you came, is a very um, in, intriguing one. It's it's a long a long list of what happened to a person uh, on on one day, and it contains a, um, a, a li- lyric. I actually have to look exactly. I can never remember <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's got something to um, the 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 singer describes. Um, watching uh, something on TV and says there's not a single episode of Dallas that I didn't see. And at the time I was a, a quite a, a huge fan of Dallas and all the American primetime soap operas like, like Dynasty as well. And, you know, that my favourite group was mentioning something that I was watching on TV as well. Um, somehow had some weird 
synergy that I was very excited <laughs> about as a teenager. <laughs> there are so many points where this where this song means something to you. It's kind of coming at you from all angles. Yes, yes. And we'll jump into it right now on FBI Radio 94.5. It's ABBA. The song is called The Day Before You Came. You're listening to Out of the Box with me, Mia Hull and Martin Delamo. I'm sure I had my dinner watching something on TV. There's not, I think, a single episode of Dallas that I didn't see. The Day Before You Came, it was ABBA on FBI Radio 94.5. That song was chosen by collaborator, choreographer and dancer Martin Delamo, who joins me ahead of his show Mirage happening at Campbelltown Arts Centre tomorrow. Martin, just before you did mention Berlin, and I do want to take the story over to Berlin now. Why did you move there from Bonn? Um, it, it was like a, a couple of reasons. I, I think one was to, to get away maybe also from uh, that small town bond that, that I uh, had, had grown grown up in. Um, but the, the um, uh, another reason was that at the time I was studying at the university and I was studying all kinds of things that never went anywhere, languages <laughs> and um, also performance studies. And there was a particular course in, at the uh, university in Berlin um, that I was interested in, and that that was, I think, um, the the official reason or the the excuse for me to 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 move. Um, but already I had started being really interested in, uh, in in dance and and or taking up dance as a, as a practice, and um, there were uh, opportunities for me there to continue the, the 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 training. And then very quickly, the university studies fell by the wayside and the, um, the the dancing and the training um, t- took over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say taking up dancing as a practice, does that just mean you're performing in, in spaces? Or what does that look like? Yeah, it's like, you, you know, earlier when I was talking about this fascination with dance and, and, and uh, hoping that uh, you, you could do the same thing, then, of course, the question is, how do you go about that? And with, with uh, like, any art form, you have to get some training and you need to go and, and do classes, you know, and especially dance is a very rigorous uh, discipline in that way. And what I was facing in, in Bonn where I, you know, I want to be a dancer, but the, the dance that was on offer, the ballet, um, jazz dance, modern dance it was called at, at, at the time, that wasn't exactly what I was looking for. And so it was this situation where you're going, I, I, want, I know I want to be dance, dancing <laughs> and, and training, but this isn't quite it. And this is a little bit before uh, the internet. So like, you know, you completely relied on doing your own research and hearing from others. Uh, oh, there's a teacher in you know, Cologne, in, in this case, like in another city. And so traveling there and seeking out teachers and seeking out the training that that um, made made more sense. Do you think evolving your dance style in that way might have impacted the way that you approach dance now, not having that formal training and instead learning from other dancers? I think it does. Like what, what it made me do is like 
follow my curiosity or being um you know having a sense of in investigation because like in informal training so the great advantage is that you're being uh, given uh, or, or you're being yeah you you're being given all kinds of of opportunities and you don't have to worry or to think about you know you you're going to pick up uh, dance history you're going to uh, learn these these kind of skills but it is like a part of a syllabus that people have decided that is good for you to to learn and there is a, a huge advantage in it but not having that packaged um uh, offer um you have uh, i i was um kind of forced to find things for myself and mm. that uh, in uh, you know even though at that stage i was my lead dancer that was something that i can now draw on uh, as as a choreographer and as a, as a maker where you always um um yeah satisfying your curiosity or you have questions mm. and going is it this is it that and it it helps you just to go beyond what what is being um on offer you know always so like this this asking questions and what if and oh this is this but this is that you know and, and of course what what happens is you're working with different teachers different choreographers who say completely different things mm. um, you know and then you're going well I I I stay with them and I believe them and and I listen to them and then mm. very early on you have to try and make sense of of the the, the contradictions that you're facing so this kind of learning to think and question that that was definitely something that um really informed me and the way I went about my my practice later yeah and later in the show we will talk about how that made your practice look but i want to go back to berlin for a moment you did move yes. there in 1993 which was only 4 years after the wall came down can you paint a picture of maybe what berlin was like at the time yeah it was like a really exciting time and um for those who have been in in berlin um you, you know i think there the um there is a great fascination with the former east um because also at the time that was um a really happening place There's lots of bars and and cafes and um great like uh architecture uh you know right into um pre pre-war at at as like pre second world war uh at at times um and the area was not particularly gentrified at the stage so you got quite a, a raw um um edgy exciting feel and and it was like a time where uh, especially for artists lots of artists flocked to berlin at that that time and from germany but also internationally and um it was like a bit of a pioneering time where where people felt everything was possible so like there it was uncharted territory and and you know lots of pop up events and and also the the kind of um you know the scene the the art scene that i got involved in so like you know maybe can be described as a, an underground scene and some you know in some ways literally underground because a lot of the 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 venues we we um performed at were underground there were cellars and um they 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 rarely were proper theaters you know there were places that were turned into um performance um 
venue almost doesn't quite seem the right word, but yeah, performance um, places, you know, like I remember one, one venue which used to be a post office. And so then there was an interest of the city of Berlin to, to activate that as an art space. Um, often, you know, in backyards or second backyards, little, little um, uh, pop-up uh, spaces. So uh, I, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm painting a, a picture. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's funny because it seems to almost perfectly parallel the way that dancing was impacting your life as well. You know, it was this uncharted, innovative space where you could be really creative and free. And the picture that you're painting of Berlin at the time is very much the same, you know, yes. not not um, without the formal training. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The, the next one you've chosen is by Portis Head Martin. Why did you pick this one? At that time, as I was starting out as a, as an artist and and um, you know being in other people's work, trying to make sense of the influences that um, I was surrounded by by other artists, but also the you know the choreographers and trainers that I was working with, I became um, like increasingly interested how uh, other artists make work, and um, that extended not only to people from dance, but also, uh, you know, literature, um, uh, music, especially film, video, uh, theatre, and I got interested in uh, especially how people... um, um, put work together, so like uh, in terms of composition and and how they structure material, and um, Porter said like as a as a as a group, I found really innovative in in their way of um, working with different. I guess it's different samples, but you know that that I would call textures and how they. Um, clash them together and um, how they switch between them quite quite frequently um, and that was uh, even though that that was music and not dance but I felt I, I learned a lot of um, um, of, of listening to um, music like Porter said Björk as well and going um, just the how, how those pieces were, were produced and in Porter said there's also of course the really haunting voice of, of Beth Gibbons that that kind of um sits within this 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 really interesting and complex compositions this is strangers by porter's head on fbi radio listening to FBI Radio 94.5 DAB or if you're streaming via the website or the podcast that song was by Porter's Head it was called Strangers and it was picked by my guest on Out of the Box today Martin Delamo a choreographer and a dancer each chapter of this life has been set in a different city Martin let's keep it up we're moving over to Sydney now <laughs> where were you in life when you moved to Sydney so I was based um, still in in Berlin and I was as, as I said I was working with different choreographers and kind of honing my, my craft and there were two choreographers um, 
uh, Tester Quincy and um, Stuart Lynch. And they, at the time, they were dividing their time between uh, Australia and Europe. So they stayed um, and, and worked in Australia for half a year and then the, the, the other half in, in Europe. And I was um, part of a core group that they were working with, with, with other dancers. And it was around 95, um, they said, well, we're going back to, to Australia so for the first half of 96. And me and the dancers, the other dancers said, well, why don't we come with you? Um, because if we stay in Europe, we'll just have this hiatus of, of half half a year so it was a, quite a pragmatic decision to just keep training and keep working with these these choreographers and I at the time it's funny to think back of that uh, I had no real designs on Australia I knew very little and um, you know maybe I wasn't even that that interested in, <laughs> in, in it as a, as a country as such but it was mainly going okay you know, for half a year, why not? You know, it was that that time in my life where it was really easy to just um, uh, get up and and leave for a little while, and then and, and come back come back later. And um, even though I was coming from um, Berlin, which was like really rich in terms of you know the the, the art scene and 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 and, and culturally, but um, in Sydney at the time there was a very strong. A contemporary performance uh, scene, which was um, very, very strongly the the performance space, the the old performance space when it was in in, in Redfern, and so I fell into that scene a little bit, and um, there there was a lot of um, mixing of art forms, so like a kind of a hybrid approach, you know, so like blurring the boundaries between dance and theatre and using text and movement, um, music, of course. Uh, and that was something that I hadn't experienced um, in, in Berlin so much, where the art forms, dance was dance and theatre was theatre. And th that, that changed quite quickly. But at the time, I got so excited by what was <laughs> happening in, in, in Sydney in the, in, the, in the contemporary performance scene. Yeah, I guess I just want to dig into what your dance style actually looked like at this time, because I was watching some videos of you on YouTube and... I, this sounds rude. I don't mean it. It's just not what I was expecting. And even when I was reading bios, they say Martin is a dancer and a storyteller and they're these like idiosyncratic movements because I think the exposure that a lot of us have had to dancing is through a Steadford's and just your straightforward performance. But you're talking about being in Sydney and this melding of dancing and theatre and different elements coming into it, which obviously does impact what these performances look like to the audience. Can you kind of explain that to me? Yes, okay. They're a bit kooky, um, <laughs> they're a bit weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they certainly are. So like that 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 word that often in, in bios is used, idiosyncratic, you mm. know, so that kind of encompasses weird and <laughs> and, and, and kooky. Um I think in terms of the the training, I, I would I would say, you know, so the term contemporary dance, um a, a lot of people have certain associations with what that is. I use contemporary dance more like as an umbrella term uh, than all kinds of styles and um, um, uh, um, stylistic and, and aesthetics can can come under. You know, so like I I would call myself a contemporary 
dancer, but um, may, maybe my version of that is slightly different from from what often is considered contemporary dance. And ma- maybe just as, you know, one thing that I work with a lot is where um, the 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 body is divided into different body zones and you move um different body parts um simultaneously but independently from each other so that there is some set of choreography or score that happens in the head and then something else happens in in the arms and something else so there is this kind of disjointedness that that mm. happens in the body you know, it's so like the the body almost like as an as an orchestra you know and each each body zone represents a different uh instrument and sometimes the instruments play together and sometimes only one takes over um it it was my way of you know because as a as a solo artist you don't have that possibility that you have in group work mm. where you can play with canons and um you know uh, entrances and exits so you can't do that as one person and so that was one way of using my my body as a as a as a, com- as a company yeah. <laughs> as a group of 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 people yeah. I love that that's such an amazing way to describe it Martin what's the next song you've picked uh, Björk, Björk, uh, Unison. Um, I was um, giving birthday presents to people in form of a, a, a short dance solo. So like someone's birthday, <laughs> I'm going, I'll, I'll, I'll make a little piece to a song and then I would give it to them, you know, so they invite them to the studio and show them. But then some of them, if they were any good, uh, I would then uh, present them um in other other contexts and so this this particular um, Björk song Unison which is from the Vespertin album um, was a birthday present for a friend Brian Fuata um, and um, it was a really I thought a really good piece and um, <laughs> and and I, I ended up performing <laughs> I, I ended up performing it all over in clubs in, in London and um, so, so it was a bit of a signature piece but um beyond that so like that song um is 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 one you know that i never tire of of listening to and it is so um evocative and playful um and um björk also you know so we were talking about portishead earlier was like a huge inspiration for me to think about um how um how how to make work and and how to be extremely experimental but but uh having also your own uh, artistic integrity with, with within that and i remember thinking um and and saying to people you know, it's like i wish i could dance the way björk sings um you know in terms of of her range not only vocally but also creatively um um so yes that's behind this song <laughs> There's so much to unpack there. What an amazing (laughs) birthday present to give to a friend. I love that so much. (laughs) And we'll jump into the song right now on Out of the Box on FBI Radio 94.5. This is Unison by Bjork. That 
That was an artist we do sometimes get on Out of the Box. It was Bjork. The song was called Unison. The chooser, of course, Martin Delamo, choreographer and dancer who is joining me today on FBI Radio 94.5. Martin, just before, we were kind of describing the technical elements of your dance style. We used words like kooky, weird, idiosyncratic. <laughs> But you have reached amazing heights in your dancing career. You're a celebrated dancer and you're pretty well known for fusing humour and storytelling into these really poignant full-length dances. So I want to spend a bit of time rolling through some of your achievements in the dance world. Firstly, I want to talk about your production, Champions. It's one of the ones you're best known for. For someone who hasn't seen it before, could you maybe describe it to me? Yes, so that was um, a, a work that was commissioned by Form Dance Projects um, in, in, in Parramatta. And the idea behind this work was to draw parallels between uh, football and um, uh, and and contemporary dance, which, like at first glance, are going the two have got nothing um, to do with each other, and and there's also in the arts often um, they look um, to. At, at sports a little bit bit funny that so like there seems to be a division between sports and, and and the arts and even though you know as as an artist I've always been a, like a huge um, sports fan as, as well and and uh, watching lots of lots of sports and um, yeah the idea was to um, it, it's got an all-female cast so like um, 11 uh, dancers like extraordinary dancers um, uh, to to emulate the number of players on on in, in a in a soccer team um, eleven, and um, we ended up it, it is a dance piece but it is presented as if it is a sporting event so there's like pre show. Um, uh, and an analysis, um, like a running commentary throughout the piece, and then post post show interviews. We had a a, a real life sports presenter, um, Mel McLaughlin, who works I think for Channel Seven now. Um, she mm. she kind of was the was the presenter, and she she was recorded. But the conceit was that she was um, presenting this 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 event and. Um, yeah, that that allowed for for um, some kind of um, humorous comments and 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 anecdotes to kind of get get into that because you never think of 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 a, of a dance work as something that you'd uh, introduce the, the 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 dancers like like uh, all the dancers had like you know a number on their back and their names on on mm. the back so it, it was um, uh, yeah taking. Um, taken from 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 sports so like kind of trying to harness the the energy that that is like in a, a, as a as a stadium event but then also it was at carriage works so you know very much um a, a theater work at, at the same at the same time yeah. mm. and i i guess that's like what you were saying before maybe not something that people always expect when they think of a, a dance performance maybe something a little bit more left to field but on the flip side of that Martin your career trajectory has taken more mainstream routes as well you've actually worked with the Rubens fairly recently <laughs> tell me about that yeah that was like um, being asked to be in a um, in a video clip of theirs um, uh, for Hallelujah um, a, f- a few years ago and that was interesting because it was the um, 
I, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, no, he was a record executive from, from Ivy League Records. And he had seen me perform, um, I think at the Opera House at, at the Australian Dance Awards, like almost 10 years before. And I had seen, you know, like I think I dance as I often did in the early days in underpants and quite wildly <laughs> and and thinking, who is that I, I want to work with him but he was day. like I'll just lock uh, that away for 10 years <laughs> and come back to that yeah, I think it was like nine years or something and yeah. his partner is a um is a dancer and, and choreographer so he was able to kind of find me and uh, through through her and he looked at things on YouTube uh, that, that he could find of mine and they were more the um, what you experience as the the weird or wildest stuff that, that I did, yeah. and, and he went, "You are the right person for this this video." And I had to say, "Well, I I am now ten years old, and I can, I don't move like that anymore, and I'm also, um, you know, heavier than than I used to be." And he said, "No, no, 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 <laughs> we won't actually the 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 this." character that I play in the in the video is of a of a homeless person um who then has like a, a major dance um it, it was filmed in Melbourne in, in the in the Docklands and and it was such an exciting exciting thing to do I, I really in, enjoyed the the song and um the Rubens are also featured in the in the video but just very very briefly in the very end it's it's mainly mm. a it's mainly a solo and um it's it's quite beautifully shot uh, it's one one shot the entire video so it's uh, like uh, uh, the camera mainly is is pulling backwards and I walk in into into the camera and mm. um yeah it was a, a it was almost like a for, for me it was like a mini, mini retrospective of my movement from the last 10 years uh, packed into this one song and then of course contextualized for for the for the video yeah. Amazing. And I'll put a link to that one up on the programs page on fbiradio.com. So if anyone does want to see Martin's dancing, <laughs> that's the place to find it. It would feel appropriate to play Hallelujah by the Rubens right now, Martin, but instead you've chosen a Marcus Wales song. Why did you pick this one? Well, I was thinking about uh, choosing Hallelujah for, for a, a moment, but then I, I did oh, go people with People can that. listen to that in their own time. <laughs> <laughs> they can come back to it. It's fine. Then I did go with, with, with Marcus. Um, Marcus and I, we we have worked together a, a, a couple of times in the or a few times in in the past, um, and there's also a project that I, I uh, uh, a couple of projects actually that that I hope will will go on in in the future with with him as well. This um, um, particular song last year I I was commissioned uh, as with some other dance artists by the uh, Sydney Opera House for a. Um, program called Dances for Now and that was um, like a COVID relief um, initiative uh, and um, asking uh, five dancers to create pieces set to songs um, and uh, use local artists which was kind of a licensing uh, issue as well but uh, it appealed to me to to going oh this is actually great we can um, use uh, you know uh, remotely collaborate with with local artists and so like promote their their work in that way as as well as well as ours and um, having worked with with Marcus before I went oh uh, I'm, I'm gonna see if if I find a, a song with with him and on his 2016 um, album Inland Sea uh, there's this beautiful song uh called vulnerable um which 
um, captured um, in, in spirit at least the situation that we were in uh, so well last year you know, through uh, in, in, the, in the lockdown. I've always been fascinated with the idea that uh, showing vulnerability is a sign of strength and so like in performance that's something that I often work work with you know making oneself quite quite vulnerable and you know it's talking about dancing in underpants and things like that mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of ties ties in with that and so yeah and then uh, um I just loved loved um that song and, and I loved performing to the song and the slightly surreal scenario was that when we were recording it um, there were very strict um, COVID safety protocols in in place, and so there was actually no one in the. It, it was filmed in the, the the big opera house stage, the the John Sutherland Theatre, and there was no one in the in the audience. So like you were performing by yourself in in front of an empty auditorium, and um, the music was was cranked up to the to the absolute max. You know, so it's some, something that you would never be able to do with an audience, and I just remember that as. A, as an experience like Marcus's song just like surging through my body and so like it was as if I was being danced by the song rather than dancing uh, to it and then I like what you said before being danced uh, yeah 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 and that that was like um, physically really palpable in that moment you know because it was so loud which you uh, uh, on stage hardly ever get to do and um, that was really exciting and then I also performed that um, to that song a few months later in in the Lifeworks um, uh, a festival at at, uh, at performance space carriage works and um, yeah that was really nice I, I think it speaks to the kinds of collaborations that I that I seek and even though um, you know it was dancing to a, a, a recorded song it was this kind of remote collaboration which is just one one chapter in this ongoing collaboration that i have with with marcus we'll jump into that song right now on out of the box the song is called vulnerable by marcus whale You are listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio 94.5. My name is Mia Hull. I am joined by dancer and choreographer Martin Delamo, who chose the song we just played, Vulnerable, by Marcus Whale. Martin joins me ahead of his show Mirage, which is happening tomorrow at Campbelltown Arts Centre. And I just want to spend a bit of time talking about Mirage, Martin. What, what's it all about? Um, it is... Um, the, the piece is set to a... Um, a soundtrack by an American composer, Morton Feldman, and uh, he's quite a seminal um, a, a composer in in the field of new music. Um, he died in eighty uh, seven, and um, he he's a bit in the post John Cage uh, uh, um, era. I think he he made work, and this is a piano and string quartet. It's quite a a long work so it's uh, about 75 minutes and um it's an uh, it's a soundtrack that i have been fascinated for a very long time i think i've been introduced to it but almost 30 years ago and i always thought oh it'd be so interesting to make uh, a, a work to that to that piece um it's it's 
uh, mesmerizing. Um, um, uh, it's quite minimal, so um, you know, mm-hmm. not a lot happens, but it's um, it's really um, uh, exciting. It's, it's quite spacious and and and, and poetic and, and and beautiful, but it is a, quite a challenge to to. Um, to tackle that as a as a soundtrack for for a dance piece, uh, the the title Mirage, you know, obviously refers to the that the optical illusion, um, and what's interesting with the mirage is that you can see something that isn't really there, but that is an, a shared experience, so other people can see it and you can photograph it. So um, different from a hallucination, which is just in one person's head um and it kind of speaks to the um you know the the instability the elusiveness of 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 reality you know uh, what um uh, is what you see is is it is it real different senses of reality you know for me also like um you know uh, uh, as a uh, someone who's now been around for quite some time memory is a is an interesting um factor you know so like uh, remembering things but some um memories feel much closer than um than things that happened just just very recently so like this construct of reality uh bits of memory dreams bits of fantasies um and, and um yeah the the elusiveness of 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 that um um um, maybe I'd say one more thing about Mirage. Yeah, no, please. <laughs> you know, please. Because, because we were talking about like me doing solo and then moving on from that and making group works and and solos for others. So this, in 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 some way, is a return to making a solo. You know, I had not made a full length solo for for more than ten years. I think in two thousand nine. Having done all the other work in between and working as a teacher and as a mentor, I wanted to draw on that. And so I came up with the idea that it would be a shared solo. So I'm involving another dancer, um, Miranda Ween, uh, in, into, this, in, into this work. Um, and often with a, a dance solo, you know, you, you create it and you, you learn it and then later you pass it on to someone else. And um, we wanted her to be involved in the in the making process right from the, the beginning and the idea was that by the time the, the piece is completed we could both perform it and uh, then of course the question was like how does that look in terms of presentation so for this season uh, we have divided the, the the piece into a and b sections and one night i will do the A sections and, and Miranda does the B sections and then the other way uh, around the next night. So even though we have learned the entire 75 minutes, mm. um, we will only do sections, but we will we will swap. And uh, for, for me, this is like a um, like, like really exciting to on one hand returning back to like a full length solo, but keeping that sense of collaboration going. And the, the music is going to be played live. Um, by a wonderful pianist Sonia Lifshitz and the Enigma uh, a quartet, a string quartet, um, and and that's yeah. Th- th- there's um, even though it is a solo, <laughs> there are seven people on on stage, um, which, yeah. which is really really exciting. <laughs> 
And that show, Mirage, by the wonderful Martin DeLamo, is happening tomorrow at Campbelltown Arts Centre, which is the 7th of January through until the 15th of January as part of Sydney Festival 2022. Each show will kick off at 7.30pm and tickets for that event are $30 plus booking fees. I'll pop all the details to that one up on the programs page on fbiradio.com. I'm so excited to see what the future holds for you, Martin. We'll have to keep an eye on you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Out of the Box. It's been so lovely chatting to you. Thank you. It was great talking to you. Thank you. What song would you like to end on? Let's end on um, Chandelier, C.S. Chandelier, um, which I I just love as, as, as a song. You know, it's like um, on, on so many levels, um, what, what it explores, it, it explores like the impact on of excessive drinking and some or alcoholism even um, but it is um, uh, also such a joyous song you know because it, it speaks to the the, the imba- abandon and, and release that that can't come through intoxication but maybe not not only um, and um, Sia's voice is just also amazing you know I, I, um, it, it's such a phenomenon it's the, the the song really uh, the tune it's uh, sticks with you and everyone or certainly I uh, want want to want to sing along only then to realize that you don't have the Sia's vocal skills and you can't actually sing <laughs> to it the, 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 the way you, you 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 want to and then at the time I can't even remember is it 2014 I can't yeah 2014 when, I song, think. when the song came out the the video at the time um with the um at the time young dancer Maddie Ziegler um um I think it was one of the first time that 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 a whole dance Vi- uh, that whole music video uh, was so so strongly um, had, had so much contemporary dance in it, and um, I, I really enjoyed the the choreography. And speaking of Cookie earlier, you know, because that's <laughs> certainly a very kind of. I regret bringing <laughs> that word into this conversation. It's just come back it's, so it's, many it's, times. It's now. not one that I usually. Uh, I would use it for. For, <laughs> for that choreography. But, Let's stick uh, with idiosyncratic. That's a bit better. Idiosyncratic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, that that was you know it's like and I think it has like a this this video had a massive following. It's like I think two two billions by by now. So like it it really had an impact and and it was a, a great um, use I thought of contemporary dance for for a song that mm. that reached so many people and captured people's imagination. We'll dive into that one right now on Out of the Box. It is Sia. The song is called Chandelier. Feel free to try and hit the high notes on here <laughs> on this one if you are singing along. And thank you so much for tuning in today. You can listen back to this episode via the programs page on fbiradio.com if you like. And while you're on the programs page on the description for this episode, I'll put links to all of the things that Martin and I have spoken about, including his show Mirage happening from the 7th to the 15th of January at Campbelltown Arts Centre. You can also listen back to this episode via the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And a big shout out to producers Emma and Mary for doing all the research for this episode stick around lunch is right around the corner fbi Turn back till I know sky.